The Lord be with you, everyone. And I want to share tonight from Genesis and chapter 15. At least that's where we're going to begin. And while you look for that, can I say very quickly a great thank you for those who have been contributing, giving offerings. Uh, it, It blesses our heart to know that you're listening, you're hearing, and also you're giving so that we might do this free of charge to the world. So thank you. I want you to know that we are very aware of those of you who are watching this webinar and send us financial gifts to make it happen. So thank you. Okay, chapter 15 of Genesis, I say it's where we'll begin because we're going to span the scripture, but let me read it. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abraham. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And I'll stop there um, because that, that says what I want to talk about. The first thing, notice, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord... And you'll notice that the word Lord uh, in your Bibles is capitalized, which means that, in fact, that is not what the Hebrew language says. The Hebrew language there is the name of God, which is I am. And I won't go into why that's got it there translated as Lord, but it isn't Lord. It is I am. So after these things, the word of I am came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abraham, I am a shield to you. And so in that case, of course, they translated it I am. Um, This is very important because the name of God, how can I put this? The name of God is not God. God uh, actually just means the all-power, the mighty one. And, of course, in many other religions, they speak of God. And we decapitalize that because we, when we say God, we believe he's the only true God, the only real God. But for all that, God is not his name. And there are many believers that never get beyond it. And and in conversation, they will tell you what God said, and God said this, and God this, and God that. And I want to bring them down to intimacy. He has a name. And here in the Old Testament, his name is given as I am. So hold that in mind as we come into that. Um, This chapter is one of the pivotal pivotal chapters, uh, really, of the Bible, certainly of the Old Testament, and most certainly of Genesis, the life of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, In this chapter, which begins with those words, uh, he is given insight into the world of the Spirit, 
the, the real world and it will have a life-changing effect upon him in his material world. And it says after these things, and I'm not going to go into that more than just to say what they were, that he has been um, helping the king of Sodom, that is the king of Sodom as in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they, they had won a, a battle. And now the king of Sodom comes and offers to Abraham riches, wealth, and also the captives that they'd taken, he's offering them as slaves. And Abraham has refused. And he recognizes that if I take your money, and if I take this that you're offering me, then I am forever going to be your slave. You'll never let me forget it. And there'll be a certain invisible chain between us. And so I will never never be subject to such slavery, and he refuses. And now, I don't know whether he was double-thinking his decision, because it is very specific after these things. But indeed, after those things, there comes this revelation. Do not fear, Abraham, which would suggest he is fearing as he turned down the wealth of a lifetime. But he says, I am a shield to you. That is all the protection you'll ever need. No, you're right. It never comes from the king of Sodom. And your reward that is locked up presently in my name, I am, that reward shall be very great, an abundant reward. That is, it's going to affect you in your entire material, physical existence, but also in your mental, in your emotional, and in your core being. I am a shield to you, and your reward shall be very great. And that statement from he who reveals himself as I am, that will cause fear to flee. Fear cannot exist in the conscious presence of the one whose name is I am. So he says, do not fear. Fear and I am do not, cannot go together. And so th this is where we stand on, on the, the edge of an absolutely new life for Abraham. Now, this name, I am, um, the, the Latins uh, in, in Europe especially call that Jehovah, though that's a far cry from anything even in the Hebrew. Uh, if I'm going to use the Hebrew word, and, and actually that too has been lost to all purposes, but the closest we can get is Yahweh. But translated as best we know how, I am that I am. That's the self-revealed, by which I mean no human being made that up. God himself revealed his personal name to us. Love wants to be known, and so he opens his heart to us, the self-revelation of the name of God, and he gave it to Abraham and to the persons in, in the book of Genesis, but it, it, it was established and became the name of God to Moses in Exodus 3, 
when Moses asked him outright, what is your name? Now, in the Old Testament and in the New, but especially in the Old Testament, um, a name is of vast importance. It was not just a handle. I mean, in the Old Testament, if you had a baby coming, you didn't go through a book of names to see which one sort of fits. Um, nor, nor did names come in bunches of fads. And so when you met someone with uh, such and such a name, you knew that, well, they came from the that period of time when everybody and their uncle were called by. No, none of that stuff. That's all very, very recent Western. Um, in the Old Testament, a name was looked upon as an insight into the character and person. It was uh, given with great prayer. In fact, the names of the Old Testament were little sentences that described the person in terms of their uh, what, what they were here to do. And so they, they prepared the name that would be given with, with prayer and waiting on God's revelation, putting into their heart. And sometimes God himself intervened and gave them the name that had to be given. And, and, and so the name became a, a prophecy of where you're going. Um, that's another story. But just enough to say that I am the self-revelation of God. It was not just something by which you could call him by, um, like, like Fred or, or Tom or Mary. No, um, it, it meant I am revealing to you my inmost heart. It, it, I'm giving to you the window by which you can look into and know me, my, my being, and, and the sum of my purposes and intentions. So... There you've got something immediate that this name, if it describes the heart of God, then I'm coming here to love. For the New Testament brings the fullest revelation and says that his being, God is, in his essence, he is love. And so I am is going to link us to love. Now, now, okay, let's back off a minute. Um, I am. The, the first time one would read that, it's a bit weird. I mean, to say, what's your name? I am. Um, yeah. See, we, we say I am. We are creatures and made in his image. Then we, we too, we echo I am with our I am. Be careful how you use it. It's, it's the sacredness of your humanity as one made in God's image. But, but look at our, when I say I am, listen very carefully here. When you or I, human beings, say I am, we don't leave it there. We, we don't say I am. We always attach it to something. Like, I am British. Uh, I, I, I am an English-speaking person. Um, I am a bishop of the church, you know. I am. We always attach it. And have you noticed 
maybe you never thought of it like this, but all of our I am's and their attachments are statements of limitation. Yes, you heard me. It's a statement of limitation. The limitations of my being, the limitations of my ability, the limitations of my influence, the limitations of my freedom. They're, they're all attached. You see, I, I said, I, I am British. Well, immediately I, I've severely limited myself because if I'm British, I can't be a hundred other things. Um, if I'm British, then I can't say that, um, you know, I, I am French or I am German. No, it's a, it's a limitation. I am, and this is the limit. Um, if, if I say I, I am an accountant, well, then, then obviously, if you're an accountant, then there's, there's a gazillion other work that you don't do. You're, you're limited to that. You get what I'm saying? It's a limitation. And, and so we always attach these things and, and, and make a declaration of our limitations. Um, it, it's a limitation of freedom that I, I am a person who lives here. Well, if I live here, uh, I'm not living there, you see. And, and so, in a sense, I'm, I'm locked into here because I'm not there. Okay. When I come to this one, there's no attachments, except as he chooses to attach here and there for our benefit. But he, he says his name has no attachment. I am without attachments. That means he, he is telling me that his very being, his essence is that he's unlimited in his ability. There, there, there's no um, part of the sentence here that says, I have ability up to this point. No, he just says, I am. And an and ability so vast, I do not have to even define its unlimitedness. It just is. It, it's, okay, it, it, it means that I'm completely unlimited in my influence. It means I'm totally free, unboundedly free. So I am what could we we could say when when he says just I am it means he's complete. I, I can't add anything to this. I am. Every time I say I am, we could make suggestions of how we could add to that and make my I amness a little bit bigger. But not with him. He just is. I am. I can't add to him. I am. You can't subtract to from it it, it 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 just it's all encompassing it is unlimited self-sufficiency unlimited power unlimited authority no no limit unbounded freedom i am oh that name begins to excite me it's the name uh, of god and, and and could i go on and say this he he what, what is your name? I am. Well, I am is not I have. And you've got to think about that bit. I am is not I have. 
His name is not I have. And, and at least in some part of our spirit, we've got to get a hold of this. God does not have love. Please understand that. Changes everything. everything. He doesn't have love. Not any love. He is it. It is his essence. It is his being. You see, if you have something, then by definition it means that it's external to you. And you ha- you say, I have this Bible. I'm not it, but I have it. Yes, but you see, I might lose it and then I wouldn't have it, you get, you see. It's external to me. And it, the things that I have are all dependent upon other people. It's dependent upon situations. Back in 2008, there were a lot of persons that I was uh, sort of on the edge of knowing in New York. And in 2008, they were near billionaires, some of them. And the next morning, they'd lost everything, everything. Um, because of the, the crash. And, and so you see there, they say, well, I, I'm, I'm worth a billion dollars. No, no, um, you're, you're dependent upon a lot of things to call that yours. It's something you have, but no, he has nothing because all that he has, he is, which means that it's not an exterior possession. It's not something outside of him that he has, but rather he is it, and therefore he cannot be separated from him. We, we cannot have a situation where it, it, it can become more or less or suddenly out of date. No, he is it. Oh, rest in this. He is it. He is love. He is ability. He is power. He is authority. He is it. And, and it, that, that's where faith begins, you see, because if he has it, then it boomerangs back and says, maybe you're the reason he has it or not have it. Maybe you're, you were so jolly good this morning, he loves you. And then you screwed it up at two in the afternoon, so now he doesn't love you. And you've got to get saved again on Wednesday night. No, you, you have nothing to do with controlling the I am of God. He is who he is, and he owns his isness. So you say, well, I don't love God. Well, that's tough. He loves you. Uh, and, and you're... Uh, atheism, your beating your fists into the invisible God does not change him in the least. You can't stop him being who he is. I am. And of course, I am. That, that's present tense, isn't it? I, I am. So his name is not I was. <laughs> I mean, silly, isn't it? But uh, I, I want you to get this. His name is not I was, nor is his name I will be. See, he doesn't change. And I I can't think that, quite honestly, I can't think it. I can worship him, but to logically, with my limited brain, I can't work out how anyone doesn't change. 
And you see, if he doesn't change, and he doesn't, his name is always I am. In every microsecond of our created beings, he is always I am. Which means his word, and now I'm quoting from Psalm 89, his word cannot be altered. Can't bring it up to date. It is always up to date. It is always what it always, always is. The Word of God is unchangeable because the moment He is a was, then I'm not sure about who He is today. And I'd end up with that poor heap of people that talk about a revival that happened 40 years ago and when, when God did things that He doesn't do today, according to them. And, and so I've got a was God. He, he, he's a God with wrinkles. He, he's a God who's getting on in age. So that means he's unreliable, untrustworthy. No, you see, there is no, I say it again, there is no exterior force, whether, whether it be a human who changes or events that suddenly change into something else, none of that can pressure, threaten, or stop the purposes of him whose name is I Am. He's unchanging. All he ever was, and all he ever shall be, he is now. Well, we could do a whole webinar on that, couldn't we? He's all, and he's always fully present. So wherever I am, in whatever time I am, at whatever age I am, he is always I am, unchangeable and fully present in the place that I find myself, fully present in the time that's on my clock. He's always in the now Therefore, he fills. And when I say fills, I wish there was a bigger word. He fills like a great wave that washes through our persons. He fills us with hope, expectancy. And he is the source of patience because he is so reliable. I know that he shall do all that he has said. And therefore, the waiting is not with question marks. It's, it's resting and waiting upon him. He is the true. He is the real. He's the trustworthy. I am. I am is not a passive statement. You know what I mean? Um, so there are times, and if you go to look at what, what is written about this name, um, it can be very irrelevant. You know, you get the image of a lot of egghead theologians who are, it's their, their life curiosity to study what this name means. And um, I, I read some of it and it, I know what they're saying, but it, it's, it's, it bores me because it doesn't relate to going to the store today. It doesn't relate to my relationship with the people that I live and work with. No, I am is not a passive statement. Um, it, it's not a theological curiosity, but it is action. 
as only God can act. It's, it's the act of his giving himself to us, and he's going to reveal all the facets of his I am in all the events of our lives. And we, we keep on meeting new dimensions of I am. Um, and so here, I mean, there, there, there's a situation in Abraham's life where he has just had this thing with the king of Sodom, and and God comes in, and he comes in with a definitive word that's going to change the whole way that Abraham looks at life. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. When Moses received this name, um, do, do you remember how that happened? He He was the shepherd, and the burning bush arrested his attention, and he's told that uh, th th this God who is revealing himself now to Moses is going to go into Egypt and deliver Israel from the Pharaoh and, and from all of the false gods and demonic powers of Egypt. And that's when Moses said, what, what is your name? If I'm going to go and be part of this, I've got to tell them who sent me. And that's when he says, I am. And so, I am is the name of God as he goes forth to bring down all the powers of darkness and, and to deliver us from chains that we thought were there forever. It's, it's the name of action, love in action. David uses this term um, in, in terms of a response. That is, I am... This, this is God speaking, I am a shield to you. That is, he says, I am giving myself, I am giving the fullness of my amnes to you. And David, by, I believe, Holy Spirit revelation, realized then, if he is giving, then I respond and receive, and it is so. And so in the Psalms, David brings about a new phrase of faith, and it is, I am, or the Lord, as it's translated there, I am is my, the Lord is my, I am is my. That is, I am, I say it again, it's not a theological curiosity that the fullness of I am, the completeness, the all-sufficiency of God comes into me. That's what David said. I am is my. Read, read through the Psalms. It's all over the Psalms. The, the I am is my strength. He is my shield. He is my refuge. He is my high tower. He, he is the sword in my hand. He's the lifter of my head. And so on and so on and so on. Apart from the ones you know so well, uh, I am good shepherd. Uh, I am my light and my salvation. It, it's David got it. He says, I am is giving himself. Then I receive. And he comes into my life. And so in all the crisis of David's life, you hear this phrase. They're doing this and they're doing that and they're about to eat up my flesh. But the I am 
is my deliverer. The I am is my shield. The I am is my refuge. And so on. I am. It's the name of God that gives to us permission. He says, I open myself to you. See the limitlessness of my being. And I give permission for you to come and know me. Know my heart. Know my purpose. Know my intention for you. God himself. Do do you get that? It's God himself. He doesn't say this is a bank account and you can get what you need there. Or I've got this army here. He says, I am. I am your exceeding reward. I am. I am your riches. I am your freedom from all fear. I am your shield. I am. It's a personal relationship. And then in chapter 15 of Genesis, having said that, it goes on to the covenant. And again, that's another whole subject by itself. But enough to say a covenant is the binding together of two parties. And in that binding together, all that the one is, is now made available to the other. That's it. He says, I am. I reveal to you my all-sufficiency. I I am. And in revealing thus my name, it's not to tease you, it is to give to you. And then the covenant which seals that in blood. Abraham is going to live his days inside. This is, this is the, the very oxygen he breathes. He's inside the self-giving love and strength and power of God. Well, I am became known as the name. So instead of saying I am, there are times, and it's in Scripture, It's simply referred to as the name. He is the God who revealed to us his name. And so they said he is the the name, the name. And so there were times, instead of saying I am, they simply said the name, the name. I, I said that he so freely gives himself to us. It's contained in what we just read, I am your, but then from the other side, I am is my. And so he is the giver of himself and I am the receiver of himself. And the finale of that in which all giving is summed up, is in the giving of Jesus, who is God from God. And he, and hear me very carefully here, because I know some of you haven't thought of this. I am, shall I say, the God of the Old Testament, is not, an uh, an other God than the God we know in the New Testament. Did you hear that? Because I've heard people preach that. 
No, all I am is the God who revealed himself finally in the New Testament. And so Jesus revealed that the name I am has now been revealed fully as the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Okay, let me quickly tell you why I say that. Matthew 28, 18. And it's after the cross, after the resurrection, Jesus is about to ascend. And he's now giving the foundations for believers who shall come about after this, you and I. And he said these words, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. No Jew would ever say the name without meaning Yahweh, I am. You, you have to understand that. That's not just mere possibility. I say no member of Israel of the Scripture would ever say the name without meaning I am. Jesus said, baptizing in the name, but now he says that name I am is of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The one God, I am. Now, within the one God, three persons. And the three persons, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, bear the name, I am. That's what Jesus said. One God, who is I am. Not three I ams, but one. But when I meet with the Father, He is the I Am. And when I meet with Jesus the Son, He is I Am. And when I meet with the Holy Spirit, as I am at this present moment, He is I Am. Look, I Am. And we know it speaks of His essence, His being. And that He, I Am Love. And therefore, love, self-giving, love that always insists, seeks union with us, the human. So, you have it. I am is my. Do you understand? This is the gospel. This is the gospel that, that God, the I am, his essence, not an addition to him, not as a corner of his being, but the essence of God is to reach out to you, to be together with you. The very being, the essence of God would unite with you. The the phrase, I am, is my It points out that God, can you get this one? He desires nothing for himself. He will keep nothing for himself that he cannot give to you. Did you hear that? 
the I am, has revealed himself as the one who desires nothing for himself that he cannot share with you. He reveals nothing of himself except that which he wills that you participate in and enjoy for yourself. This God beyond thought finds ways beyond our comprehension to give himself fully to us creatures, so much so that we creatures on this planet, in this society, are expressions of his being that he has transferred to us for use in the creature world. And that all focuses upon Jesus. This is the heart of the gospel. The Father has given to us the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father has given to us God from God the Son and God from God the Holy Spirit. It's the gift we didn't earn. We didn't even ask. God gives to us the Son and the Spirit to draw us into a life of shared communion with himself that we might, through the Holy Spirit, actually participate in that love, communion, and fellowship that the Son has with the Father. I don't know a way to say it, that the gospel is that God wills that through Jesus the Son, in the Holy Spirit in you, you might actually be drawn into a functional, sensible experience of the Trinity's life, the Trinity God. I say this is what Jesus came to do. And have you noticed the name Jesus, which, of course, Jesus actually is our anglicized way of saying the Hebrew name. Jesus is the Western way of saying the Hebrew name of Jesus, Yeshua. And Yeshua is a Hebrew word, of course. And, as I said, the names in the Bible are little sentences. And so Yeshua is, is saying that the I am is my salvation. I am salvation. That's his name. That's the name Jesus. Do, do you get that? The name Yeshua means that the I am is our salvation. And that was the name of Jesus, who is God the Son, coming into our humanity to completely save us into this fellowship and communion with the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And Jesus, are you, you noticing this now? He continually referred to himself as I am. Now, I know to our Western ears it might not sound too shocking, although I hope it's getting a bit more shocking every minute, but to the ears of the people that Jesus spoke to, I can't find the word of shock that it would have. I 
am the good shepherd. Oh, there's a whole webinar right there. Because do you know, do you know that Jesus didn't just make that up on the spur of the moment? That he was quoting directly from Ezekiel chapter 34. Which, of course, everybody in his day knew that chapter. And in there, <coughs> the, the I am who, who tells of the horrors of the religious leaders of the day. And then he says, I, I am. I will come into the wilderness and I am will seek and save my sheep which are lost. I will be the good shepherd. Do you realize that Jesus dropped an atomic bomb on the people when he says, I am the name of God, but then goes on to say good shepherd, which was the name that, that was an extension, shall I, I am, Ezekiel 34, the good shepherd. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. And then, of course, do you remember Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees? And he, 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 what did he say? Before Abraham was, I am. Do you remember that? Before Abraham was, I, that's bad grammar. If you're just looking at this as an occasional way of saying things, you know, before Abraham was, that's on the timeline. He was. Back there in history, he was. And if Jesus wanted to say he was pre-existent, he would have said before Abraham was, I was. But he's not saying that. He's saying something infinitely bigger. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He is saying that he is the God of the Old Testament. And the Jews understood that perfectly because they picked up stones to stone him for blasphemy, saying, you have made yourself as God. Huh. Please understand, Jesus is no prophet. You can't compare Jesus to Buddha. You can't compare Jesus to prophets of Hinduism or Islam or Baha'i or anybody. Uh, he, look, if Jesus is not God himself come inside our humanity, if he's not, if he is a prophet, after the order of all the other prophets, well, you can never expose him to your children. You can never say he's good. The man's insane. C.S. Lewis said that if Jesus Christ is not God, he's to be compared to a man so insane that he, he calls himself a fried egg. Yes, that's it. That, that Jesus would, would make these statements and make these claims? That man's nuts. Or he's God. Huh. So the name, Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says, Colossians 2.8, In him all the fullness 
of deity dwells in bodily form. That's Jesus. What about Philippians 2? Therefore also God highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is, and it says Lord, but remember, that's a mistranslation. Jesus Christ is Yahweh. Jesus Christ is I am to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus we meet I am. And in Jesus I meet the Father. He came to reveal the Father and carry me to the Father. And in Jesus I meet and receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, what are we talking about here? And how? How shall the desire of I am to forgive us, to bless us, to unite us with himself, how shall that ever be fulfilled? You see, sin is a lot more than broken rules. You know, there, there are... Yeah, there are stupid things that are said and they somehow catch on. And catching on, they become accepted as the ultimate truth. And so I, I hear, I've even heard preachers say that, you know, well, Adam ate the apple in the garden and that did everything, you know, the whole lot fell apart. <laughs> where, 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 that's not in the Bible. There's no apple. It didn't tell us what it was. It was a fruit. And, and anyway, that was, that was at the end of the line. That, that, it wasn't just God says you mustn't eat apples. And, it's so stupid. And, and, and do, do you mean that, that God said, you know, if, if you step over that line, I, I'll, I'm finished with you? That, that's, that doesn't fit who God... No, look, understand, sin is, is infinitely more than broken rules. Sin was the breaking of the relationship for which Adam, our first father, was created to be in the image of God, to unite with God, to be together with God and to be the revelation of God in the earth. It broke that relationship by believing the lie of the accuser, serpent, dragon, Satan, devil, the separator, to become united with that lie and to plunge both himself and all mankind into the internal darkness of lies, so that the light that was in human to understand who I am, why I am, where I am, to understand who God is, the light went out, and 
darkness, and darkness is not a color. Darkness is a ghastly, vast emptiness, the nothingness of lies, and a lie is what is not. And mankind internally went into that darkness, and darkness so great, so intrusive, that mankind didn't even know there was light. For the lie was the only truth that he believed. Now, now, do do you understand? If, If the lie is perceived to be the only truth, all incoming information passes through the, what can I say? Mankind has guards. Guards of the lie. Guards of the darkness and the blindness. 2 Corinthians 4, and I think verse 4, but it's the first verses anyway. And it speaks of the God of this world has blinded the mind of those who believe not. All incoming information. Whatever it is, whether it be a revelation from God, of God, whether it be truth, but it comes to the gods and they twist it and distort it and it arrives inside the darkness as something totally other than what arrived at the border post. Confusing now, misunderstanding. And it all now fits in with the lie that mankind is God without God, that he is the Lord and master of his being. And everything's twisted to fit the lie. Everything's fitted to the accuser, which is the meaning of the word Satan, and the separator, the meaning uh, of devil, the divider. So, you see, that... The prophets could speak all they wanted and revelation from God could come and it bangs up against the gods. How shall I am ever get inside that terrible blindness and darkness and death? How can I am get inside of the human I am not? That's Jesus. See, Jesus didn't come and stand on the other side of the gods and shout out, I love you. No. Why was he born of the virgin? I mean, couldn't God just boom, show up? No. He wouldn't have been in the human gene pool, would he? He wouldn't have been what a human is. Because when I meet you, I know you're a human. That is, we all share this common stuff called human that came from Adam. How do you get into that? You've got to be born there. So, can, can I... I grope for words that I am became a speck. A speck. In the womb of a 14-year-old kid called Mary. And he developed over nine months. 
From her body he received human flesh. And he is born through a human birth canal. And the I am is a baby in a feeding trough in what we would call a truck stop. His human birth is his passport into the darkness and he got through the guards. You see, he was born this side of the guards. He came as an authentic human right into our darkness, right into the lies, right into the brokenness and the blindness and the deafness, right into all the distorted views of God. And inside the darkness, through human, he is the light that dispels darkness. He is the truth that shatters the lies. He is the I am who has come into the wilderness to find his sheep. When he speaks of knowing the Father as only he knew the Father, he's not shouting at them from outside. He's inside the darkness and inside all the twisted, distorted views of the Father. And he speaks the truth right there, inside the darkness. That's the incarnation. The ultimate is my. For he who says, I am your salvation, now he is my. He has come inside where I live inside my darkness, feeling what I feel, feeling the darkness, feeling the fear, the anxiety, right at the core of my... Okay, put it like this. You realize he took on human DNA. He took on human genes. He took our thoughts and our imaginations. He took our desires and our will. And in union with the Holy Spirit, that's where he spoke truth. That's where he revealed who the Father was, revealed the love. That's where he collapsed the darkness. God, the I Am, became one of our kind. Is my complete. He joined us. The love of God is not an idea floating out there like a cloud in the sky. I am love. God inside our human put his arms around us and said, I love you. Right into the face of the lies that said God hates you, God will punish you. God himself came inside that darkness and said, I love you came inside all the confusion as light in which we saw truth. That's the incarnation. And then that one, because he's God, and he's equal to the entire human race, and he put his arms from the beginning to the end, and he embraced us. And upon him... There met all our sin, all our brokenness, all our grief, all our sorrow, all our rebellion. 
And he, he who is God and equal to us all, yet a real genuine one of us human, died and in death carried that old twisted broken human to death. And he put away sin, the darkness of the lies. He stripped the liar, the accuser, the separator, Satan, devil, dragon, serpent, stripped of all authority. And he brought right inside of us the knowing of the Father, the joy that is uniquely God's. He put it inside our human. The peace that only God knows is put inside of us. The wisdom of the purpose of God's love placed it in us through the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. Jesus is not the other who who stood beyond us and outside of us, but he joined us. And he's not going to leave us because I am insists on being is my life. And so you'll read it there. It's all all scattered through the New Testament. I think it it, it comes out best where Paul says, Christ is my life life. I live, yet not I. It is Christ who lives in me. That is. Oh, do you know who you are? Please, don't tell me you've got that thing on the back of your car that says, I'm only forgiven. Yeah, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You're living like a beggar on the side of the street when you are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, fellowshipping with the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And we wallow down there, still talking about, I'm no good, I'm unworthy, I I can't make it, I am not. Wake up. I, I said that too softly, didn't I? I should shout it. Wake up. And realize, this is the gospel. I am the eternal God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. The I am who is all-sufficient, completeness, utter freedom of unbounded love now comes to dwell inside of us. That's the gospel. It's, the gospel isn't that you go forward every week to get forgiven because the whole thing is keeping the rules and avoiding hell. Oh, come on. Is that why God in Christ became incarnate and one of us? Just so you could walk forward every Wednesday and every Sunday to get saved again? Is, is that it? This thing called saved, which means saved from the punishment of sin? No. God entered into our human in order that our human might enter into him and that we should be united in every microsecond of life. That you live, yet it's not you, it's Christ living in you. The I am lives within you. And as Jesus himself said, 
The Father loves you, and the Father dwells in you, along with Him, the Son, all in the Holy Spirit. Do you know who you are? That's who you are. I am. Well, believe it or not, I'm halfway through what I had to say. And so, of necessity, we've got to keep up with this. And next week, we'll talk about the I am dwelling inside of us. You know, when we talk like this, there are some people who say, well, you know, that's just out of sight. It's impossible. It's interesting, this whole discussion that we'll begin next week of how I am dwells inside of us for real and functioning. It begins actually in John chapter 14 and in verse 1. And again, of course, religion has made that all about heaven because they can't stomach that it belongs to now. But it says there, and it's, it's a phrase we often overlook. He said, um, that let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on that, and he's going to talk about this fact, he dwells in us, and the Father dwells in us, and the Holy Spirit is, is that person in whom we all dwell together. And he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. That is massive. He said, I am speaking, and it sounds so impossible. It sounds incredible. He said, but chill. I, I'm telling you the absolute truth. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm not leading you on a wild goose chase. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm telling you, because this is the way it is. This is the gospel. This is you. Father, now, we receive of you. You have given yourself to us. We receive the fullness of you into the fullness of us. And in these incoming days, excite our hearts. Let us be dizzy with joy that you have united with us and thus exalted us to fellowship with you. It is to that end I bless you, that you shall see and know and dwell in that joy. Amen.